0: Hello and welcome to the Advanced Stage Roleplaying Gamers podcast. I'm Nathan, uh, one of your hosts. I've got uh, Matt with me here also. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Uh, and we're uh, glad to have uh, Thomas Herrenstrom from Freely Publishing here with us uh, again. Uh, third time is a charm, I hope. Uh, yeah. so, so welcome back. Thank you very much say we're going to be talking about the new supplement for the uh, uh mutant year zero product line called ad astra so mutants in space is is what i'm gathering so we're gonna uh get into that a little bit but first thing matt and i have not played mutant year zero we've played twilight 2000 we've played alien we've we've read a lot of the uh, forbidden lands uh product but uh uh but you started everything, the uh, Year Zero engine started with Mutant Year Zero. If you can tell us how that came about and, and what was the impetus for for starting, launching up uh, you know, English uh, role-playing uh, with that?
1: Yeah, I mean, Mutant Year Zero was the first game that Free League did in English. We had actually released two other games before that, but they were in Swedish only. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that was a bit of a, like we normally do things at Free League. We kind of just try things that we enjoy. It wasn't no master plan or anything. I mean, Mutant Year Zero uh, was re- first done in Swedish. Uh, it's actually an old Swedish RPG, just like Dragonbane is. Mutant mm-hmm. and Dröke de Måne were the two big RPGs of Sweden in the 80s and, and after that and uh, so mutant year 0 was actually our version of mutant and it was probably like that depending on how you count like the fourth or fifth or sixth edition of mutant first one came out in 84 and our mm. our version year 0 came out in 2014 so yeah and then we had done that released that and we were kind of happy with it and we discussed whether we should try uh, you know releasing it in, in in english for the you know international market and see how that goes and uh, it started out, we talked to a few because we figured we needed a partner to do that. And, and we talked to a few, and then we ended up talking to Modiphius, uh, who were by then doing the Mutant Chronicles uh, RPG, uh, which actually originally is the same game. It, uh, the, it, Mutant Chronicles grew out of Mutant. That's why it's called Mutant Chronicles. It doesn't really okay. have that much to do with any Mutants anymore. I mean, Mutant Chronicles, but that's why the name is still that uh they grew apart into like separate games like in the mid 90s sometimes so it felt like a natural kind of fit to talk to modifius and we did and they helped us uh we made the game we did all the you know translating and printing and all of that but they helped us distributing it and getting it out there so that's that we did late 2014 so it's uh, yeah it's uh, been a while now but that was the first game that we did in in English for the international market. And uh, it was received fairly well. And that kind of where we started doing games internationally. That was the first one.
0: Yeah, you won some. uh, So it's almost been 10 years now then that you've been doing English games. So uh, uh, awesome. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. In 2015, you won some awards for
1: Mutant Year Zero, right? Yeah, I think he won like a um, silver any for best rules yep. or something. And by mm-hmm. then we didn't really know. I mean, we, I think we were barely aware of what an any was, so <laughs> we were like, you know, we had no idea, but yeah, so it did. And it did get some traction and, and some nice uh, reviews and it and did well so that we felt we want to do more of this.
0: So, uh, I'm going to take a step back here. You, um, you, uh, and I, I kind of Broke my my original plan uh, for, for how I was going to talk talk to you about this, but uh, you mentioned a second ago that, you know, Dragonbane uh, was re- originally a Swedish game, and now you, you've just released an uh, English version. And as a podcast, we do actual plays also, and we've recorded um, 13 episodes so far that we're going to release probably uh, beginning of next year. And, and we're having a, a lot of fun uh, playing it. It's been... Uh, for me, it's been a, a, a breath of fresh air. We're, we're co jamming. I'm running a little bit, and I'm also a, a player, and, and we kind of go back and forth. It's been just a, for a fantasy system. Uh, it's been really fast and, and really easy for us to play. So I uh, love the, that. I love the. I love it. It's just it's a lot of fun. And you just um, have done a pre order for a new supplement for that called the the, the bestiary. Yeah. Uh, for it. Yeah. So. Um, if you want to take two seconds to talk about that, and then we'll get back to Mutant Year Zero. Sorry, everyone, sure. I just
1: got, got sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad you're enjoying uh, Dragonbane. I mean, it's uh, kind of a new. That is also like Mutant, uh, an old, uh, like a new edition of a of an old, uh, well Swedish RPG. But it's mm-hmm. been developed quite a bit. I mean, it's it's not the same game as it was like back in the 80s and the 90s and those versions. It's it has its roots there but it's definitely developed into a fully free league game. Yeah. But it doesn't use the Year Zero engine, actually. It uses a kind of a D20-based system, but it has some, some tweaks in it that are kind of from the Year Zero engine. And the reason we chose to stick with the D20 kind of system is that that's closer to where the game came from originally. So we wanted to kind of keep that in this particular case so but it's still very much a freely game with a lot of the freely game philosophies in it so uh but yeah that's been a great to see so now we kind of done both of the or like the two original swedish rpgs uh and kind of made our own versions of those and launched them internationally which is kind of fun and crazy but but it's it's been it's been good and, and dragonbane is doing well i mean like you mentioned we're yeah. doing the Bestiary now, and we have more modules coming along soon. I and, saw that. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of stuff coming for, for Dragon me Well, and there's already some three, uh, third-party
0: uh, content from it. From yeah. it. Uh, there's uh, I, I backed a back to Kickstarter from um, uh, Andreas, uh, uh, right, yeah. his, his, his group. I backed that, so I'm looking forward to getting that. So mm-hmm. that's really great. If you guys haven't checked it out, uh, drag is really a lot of fun. And, and, uh, if you're looking for something fantasy, but, uh, maybe a little light, a little dangerous, uh, I, I can definitely recommend it. But, uh, anyway, back to why we're here. Uh, yep. so, uh, 2014, uh, you, you, uh, launched this product and it's kind of the foundation for the year zero engine, which is, uh, Come, probably come a long way and I've uh, got you know, a shelf of your your products over here and each one is a slightly different take. So are there anything uh, that you've done in these other iterations of Year Zero that you wish you had done
1: or would like to incorporate back into Mutant Year Zero? Well, yeah. I mean, there's, I think, uh, like you said there, I mean, the Year Zero engine that's kind of grew out of Mutant Year Zero it was never in, like a general engine before there was never an idea of of developing a general kind of game engine that came after Mm -hmm. actually so but yes of course I mean now we've been we did it's nine coming up on nine years now that we released uh, mutant year zeros of course we have tweaked and developed that game engine a lot since then and done lots of new stuff with it and so, yeah, there's definitely things that, even though I think it still works well, there is definitely stuff in there that we would probably done a bit differently now, things we kind of have thought of later on and kind of, well, that was a really nice idea and then we probably <laughs> would have done that if we had thought about it nine years ago, but I guess that's that's the way it goes. And, of course, without giving, you know, too much away and nothing's really decided, but we are, uh, we do aim to continue the Mutant New Zero game line in some way mm-hmm. and of course the game being almost nine years old a new edition of the game is not completely out of the question so that and if we do that then then we get the chance to actually incorporate some of those changes and new ideas that we've been you know tinkering with for the last decade
0: yeah uh, you yeah, know definitely um uh, i've heard i don't know where uh but just rumors uh, of, or people speculating about a, a, a newer edition, and actually, Ad Astra. Uh, so I used to go to uh, a lot of those uh, those updates you were doing, those live updates you were doing on YouTube with with uh, with Doug uh, from uh, yeah. uh, Victory Condition Gaming, and invariably, like every time, there was somebody in the comments that would ask about Ad Astra. Uh, right. Yeah. So I didn't know anything about it so every time that would come up i was like what is this ad astra thing mm-hmm. so, so um uh, can, can you tell us a little bit about you know i guess why is there so much chatter about it what are people <laughs> you
1: know yeah. have why they've been clamoring for uh, for so long yeah it's actually like a two-step thing it was actually at astra is, is it was kind of one of those things that was just dis- like the idea was launched and the project was kind of got started and and, and but then it really never materialized, or at least it took mm. a long time because now we're actually doing it. But it, that happened like twice. First, uh, it was in the late 80s, some year, I don't remember the exact year, but like well, anyway, the company that back then published mutant uh, launched the idea of mutant ad Astra, which was mutant in space. basically mm. this idea. And that was a, a game designer called Anders Blixt, who's still active today. Uh, he launched this idea of, 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 of doing a supplement for Mutant in space. That didn't really happen, at least not his version of it. Actually, that then spun off and turned into Mutant Chronicles that we discussed earlier. So okay. Mutant cool. Chronicles is the original Mutant Ad Astra, but by then... Mutant Chronicles is something quite different. It's 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 not mutant in space, really. It's a completely different thing, even though it is in space. It's it's very, very different in tone and style and and everything. I mean, it's not the post-apocalyptic mutant going into space. It's rather its own very different setting. So, but that kind of what happened. So that original idea of of mutant in space didn't happen back then. Then we thought it'd be fun. Uh, we had the ideas for it and thought it'd be really cool to do something like that when we developed Mutant year zero like a decade ago so we actually launched the idea of ad astra again uh right around the time that we released the original game in 2014 so it's actually mentioned in the core book mutant ad astra is is referred to as an upcoming expansion in the core book released Mm. in 2014. So that means that ever since then, at least, uh, th- kind of the mutant fan community have, have kind of been knowing about Ad Astra, that it is coming. Uh, and But for a variety of reasons, it took longer for us to get around to it and finish it for, you know, that, you know, things happen. So it just took much, much longer than we intended to actually okay. get you know to complete it but uh so that's one reason why that feels great and a lot of fun to actually be able to uh release it uh now uh you know finally getting it out to to fans so i have been waiting for well nine years or or yeah 35 years if you know <laughs> right. all the way back yeah but yeah so now you have a uh, a lot of
0: of uh Uh, anticipation and hype to live up to. So that's got to be a little, a little, uh, try some anxiety, but, um, so you've done a lot between the, the, the the first, the core, uh, rule book. And now, uh, there's, uh, uh, quite a few supplements. Um, you've got, uh, Genlab alpha, uh, Mechatron and Elysium, and those are all marked as, as standalone books. So does that mean you can play Mutant Year Zero without the core rulebook, uh, or those are their own core rulebooks? Is that what
1: that means? They are. Yeah. I mean that's the way we built it back then. Uh, the Mutant Year Zero line is kind of four separate core books that are mm-hmm. all standalone, uh, and they all each include like a full campaign, really. Even the Mutant Year Zero core book, but also Gen Lab, Alpha, uh, Mechatron, and Elysium each have their own campaign included, also all the rules you need. So they're really standalone games uh, that Mm -hmm. don't really require the Mutant Year Zero core book. However, they all kind of intersect at the end of each campaign without giving away spoilers to kind of the idea is that each of those four campaigns all end up with that particular type that character class ending up in the zone in the general mutant universe so they are really four origin stories one for each character class and how they ended up in this world hmm. the post-apocalyptic world of mutant because so, so in the first game you have the mutants uh second one is the mutant animals then the robots and then the like the humans uh, from the elysium enclaves at the end so they all kind of tie together so you can once you have played all those four campaigns, you can kind of continue playing using all of the books together in the zone, as it's called, the, the kind of the mutant uh, world. So that's the way those were designed. Then we have some other smaller supplements around those as well, but th- that's kind of the way we put it together back then. That was a lot of fun and an interesting way of doing things. Uh, it's perhaps a bit tricky because it's kind of, it's always easier to have like one clear, core book for the game that includes right. everything you know so yeah. so it, if we do it again I don't think we do that exact same thing also since we already now we've done it we did like one game for each character class in a way and now going forward we're kind of bringing them all together so that's what we did in we released a campaign book called The Grey Death a few yep. years ago and now at Astra as well It all both of those have all of the character classes included so now it's not you know they're all in it Uh, together. And that's kind of where we go forward now with New Year Zero is to have all of the separate character classes available.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And, and uh, they, from the notes I I saw, um, they look to, if they like the campaigns from those other rule books, they can kind of continue them uh, uh, with the Gray Death and Ad Astra.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we certainly. actually had the, originally the idea uh, way back was to have Ad Astra also to be its standalone game in a sense, like mm. the other four core books. We decided against that in the end, uh, primarily because it's such, it's since it's really going into space, it's, it's a bit of a separate setting from the other. So that would really, instead of intersecting together with the other four, it would kind of go off. In another direction, and that would really require a whole new game line, right. which we, I guess, could have done. But in the end, we decided uh, against that and really keep it more as an adventure, more of a traditional campaign or adventure model uh, for Mutant Year Zero.
0: So, so talking about the zone in uh, uh, so for for folks that haven't played uh, Mutant Year Zero before, can you talk about the setting uh from the original uh books and then how the setting has changed with the uh, ad astra.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean the, the idea for mutant year zero and that tends to kind of the name Year Zero. is that we wanted to get back up back up to like the beginning of 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 the 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 apocalypse and and of the setting. And since this was a new edition of, of a game, the original mutant game the Swedish game and and some editions that came after, they took place much later when the society had kind of, after the apocalypse had kind of been rebuilt and and turned into something almost like a steampunk type setting, which is kind of cool, but we wanted to do something different. So with Mutant Year Zero, we kind of dial it all back to where, you know, Mutants started. Where did the Mutants really come from? So that's really what we're doing is, is basing the, game on a small, small settlement of mutants in kind of the zone, which is like, that's the wasteland. And the idea is it's, it's it's a starting point where the characters and the players don't really know what's outside of this small settlement, which is called the arc. So uh, the, the game is really about, you know, developing the arc. So the game has kind of rules for developing the settlement in, in mm-hmm. projects and strengthening it and inventing new stuff. So you can't do that. And it's also about exploring exploring the world around the zones uh, discovering other settlements other kind of uh, remnants of the old civilization kind of and and exploring also where the mutants actually came from so that's kind of the idea of the whole campaign that's included in the core book is is that you get to discover what happened to the world what's out there but also where did we as this mutant tribe in the zone come from Okay.
0: okay. For Ad Astra, like how, how do you get, I guess without revealing any spoilers, how do you get from, yeah. from the arc to, to yep. space?
1: There, there is there is an There is a clear answer to that, but that's very much spoiler territory. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. but yeah. because Be the fake. campaign in the your Zero core book kind of ties directly into Ad Astra. I can't really explain it okay. in detail without spoiling too much, but but there is definitely a, a direct link between that campaign that I mentioned mm-hmm. about the mutants kind of discovering their own origin and Ad Astra. Uh, but also, uh, it's expands the it, beyond that. Uh, Ad Astra expands the setting in that it kind of tells the story of what happened not only on Earth. But also in the solar system after the apocalypse. So it kind of broadens the horizon in a more general fashion as well. And even though it's a campaign or adventure module, it also has a chapter about the you know general setting about the solar system, what, what ha- So you can really, if you want, to continue and build uh, more adventures in that setting. So mm. it definitely also expands the, the, the world of mutant in a more kind of a general way.
0: That's right. So, Matt, do you have? I've been talking a lot. Do you want
2: to? <laughs> no, I let him go. I let him talk. Um, well, I guess just, I don't know if we mentioned it before, but it's not just that uh, at Astra's coming out. I, I was reading, um, you guys are going to be doing reprints of all of the Mutant Year Zero books. And, and yeah. I guess this um, one of them that caught my eye was this um, The Mutant Mektron. I guess that's been out of print. So, mm-hmm. what yep. I, having now, what I, now I'm very curious, what, what are folks looking forward to getting in this long out of print uh, Bektron? Is this a, and from what you just mentioned? Is this the story about sort of like these robots?
1: Yep, it's the robot book. So, yeah, uh, like the others, it has like it rules for robots, obviously, like that character class, how to create characters uh, in that class. It also has a full campaign and a full setting. It's set in like a big robot hive, like a robot world. Under the sea, actually, and that kind of—it's a story of the robots, how they gain self-consciousness and how they kind of re-evaluate because they've basically been waiting. What's happened is there was this underwater city uh, built by humans uh, and robots, but then the humans left and never came back. So the robots have just been waiting, basically, and just continuing carrying out their daily routines, just waiting for humanity to return. But uh, then some robots have started to you know gain self-consciousness over time and started to question what they're doing and why. And it kind of that kicks off a whole story of things and conflict, and there's stuff from the outside coming in and you know so that kind of kicks off a story about the robots and how they became self-aware and in the end venture into the wider mutant world. And that's kind of what that campaign is. It's also a lot of fun building uh, robot characters. And it has a, the, the book has rules for that, how you can kind of switch out parts so you can kind of, you, you really actually build your character piece by piece because, you know, it's a robot. So you have like the head and the torso and like the undercarriage and you, they have different stats and you put them together in different ways to kind of build, build uh, your character, uh, you know, piece by piece as a machine, which is also a lot of fun.
2: Do a having that played uh, in that kind of concept, in you know, a modular design, does it allow for a player to change their character? Like, I think a regular yeah. adventure, I go and buy a sword, or I know I'm going to a dungeon, I go buy a rope. Might I yeah. go and buy legs, or no, I want treads? Or
1: exactly, that is exactly possible. You can kind of, you know, replace your undercarriage to something, you know, a bigger, better, more modern model that is kind of have better stats. You know, you can do that. So you can kind of replace uh, any part of of your robot body as you as you like. Uh, you can kind of trade parts with others. And, you know, it's a lot of fun like that.
2: Hmm. It's kind of cool. Very modular design. What yeah. are some of the other um, big top uh, titles that you guys are re releasing? I think people are going to be excited. Or anything that's been off, not available for a while.
1: You mean in the mutant line? Or- yeah. 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 Um, I think maybe, I think GenLab Alpha and Elysium were kind of on the verge of being out of print. Maybe they're yeah. out of print somewhere, but not everywhere. I'm actually not sure. But, but it, we decided to reprint uh, all of them. We were kind of not sure whether the, to do that because it's an, you know these books have been out for a while. And like I mentioned, we are kind of looking perhaps possibly to a brand new edition. But then we felt, and we're releasing Ad Astra and we should make sure all of the core books are you know in print because even if we do a new edition it's going to take some time it's not right. like we have it's not going to come out tomorrow so it's it's we feel that these books just, you know they deserve to be in print and available to, to players for some time more
2: I guess, especially after your description, since many of them are feeders to, to Astra, yeah. you having that available to all the players who want to play different kinds of characters with maybe different kinds of origins, having all of those available, that's a good way to you know make sure you get the widest viable uh, group of folks traveling out into space.
0: Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So you talked a bit about um, character creation in, in Mechatron, I guess, uh, in general, because it, Uh, Going from the different systems, some of them are are life paths, some of them are, you know, point based and things like that. There's different ways that year 0 handles character creation. How does uh, that generally work with Mutant U0?
1: Um, Mute Year Zero is fairly straightforward. It's ca- I guess it's in a sense uh, point by, but it since the scores are fairly. I mean, you don't you have your attributes range from like one to five or two to mm-hmm. five really, but basically it's a it's it's a fairly br- short range of, of numbers, uh, and also the scales are the same. They go from one to five, so that means it's not it's not a long. Complicated business right. as I assign those points. It's done in you know in, in a matter of a few minutes. But that's how it works. You have four attributes and well, uh, twelve skills plus a specialist skill for for your specific role. So um, yeah, so it's fairly you know we want New York Zero to be a fairly fast and uh, easy. Game to get into, easy to play and understand. Even though there is more depth to it once you play it, but you know it, the, it should. It's a fairly immediate uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: game to get into, and the core system is fairly straightforward. You roll dice pools of d sixes, and you want to roll sixes, so it's a fairly straightforward yeah. base system. Then there's more to it, but the basis is pretty straightforward.
0: And, and you have uh, archetypes in there also.
1: Yeah, there is definitely that there are archetypes or roles to call a few different things in the different books, but you have separate you have like a bunch of archetypes in the Zero core book, you have other ones in the yellow alpha others in, in mechatron and, and yet more in, in Elysium. So each of those books have their own set of archetypes around like between, I guess, five and 10 in each book.
0: Okay, so it sounds to me, uh, uh, shares a lot in common with uh, how Alien uh, is built for, for character yeah. creation. Yeah, it's, it's fairly
1: similar, similar yeah. in that respect. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, if you've played Alien, then it should be pretty easy. It to should have. be easy to try out mutant Year zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, but no panic or stress. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah.
2: So with with mutants, you've got mutant powers. With your you know you've got your animals. The robots are very cool. What? So it's like. All right. so what's cool about humans mm-hmm. yeah. given all these very cool things it's like it you know, yeah. makes yeah, yeah. humans cool <laughs> yeah,
1: i know that has been a constant problem since 1984 uh <laughs> when the first edition came out that you know who wants to play if you can be a mutant or you know an animal or a robot why would you want to be just human what you know what are they what makes that fun Uh, The way we approached it is that the humans of Elysium, the Elysium enclaves are kind of, they're not just normal, ordinary, they kind of have a a culture that kind of goes back, we have like, there is a backstory for all of this, but they kind of goes back to like the 19th century, kind of like that Victorian style things, they bring a bit of that. And they are a bit of a, you know, they think they're the top of the food chain in a sense, and they kind of. And they, what they mechanically get, they don't get mutations. They don't get, you know, ro- robot modules and things. But they get kind of connections. So they are great at kind of the social game, and they have mm. specific abilities which are called contacts, which are specific contacts that they can use to great effect. So basically, if you want to play, it's more of the they are the, the they are the best kind of social characters out there, and that can be useful definitely even in a world like Mutant Gear Zero, because there is definitely. Uh, you can get help from you know your your contacts and family and and things like that. So there, we kind of focus a lot on 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 that part for for uh, the Elysium humans.
0: Cool. Yeah, and When you're um, to talk about go from characters to some of the other aspects of the game uh, for exploration, uh, is that kind of how Forbidden Lands does it? Where there aren't set locations for things, you kind of. Uh, Randomize some of the exploration aspects to make it more of a hex crawl type thing. Is that is that what you're doing, or
1: it is similar to Forbidden Lands? Actually, I think think Forbidden Lands is kind of the the uh, evolution of Mutant Year Zero in that sense because Forbidden mm. Lands came out a, a couple of years later, and 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 definitely. In a sense, Forbidden Lands is Mutiny Zero in a fantasy setting, but we also did change some things because it's fantasy and because we had learned some new stuff and, and tried some new things out. But yeah, it's very similar at its core. It's uh, not hex crawl, it's a kind of a square grid map, uh, mm-hmm. but yes, you you, you uh, explore the zone square by square in a similar fashion to, to Forbidden Lands. Also like the the scenario locations, they're called special zone sectors in Mutant Year Zero. They generally don't have like a set location on the map, so, so the GM can kind of place them where it where it where it fits the campaign. Okay. So that sense is also uh, similar. Um so yeah, if you're familiar with Forbidden Lands and Exploration, uh Mutant Year Zero is is not not identical, but definitely similar in style. Yeah. Familiar. Okay.
2: Yeah. I was just going to say, uh, looking in the, so I was able to look at a photo of the front cover, the back cover, and the the table of contents. So one of them, and I'm more of the the rules guy, it says new rules, so I'm super excited. Uh, And and as you've been talking about the potential for a follow-on version, right? So I'm just kind of wondering, what kind of new rules uh, did you all introduce for Ad Astra?
1: Well for Ad Astra of course being you know a space supplement uh, it has rules for space travel it has rules for space combat it has rules for uh just zero gravity vacuum mm-hmm. things like that it's kind of where the extra rules come in there's also like a new uh, pilot uh, archetype in there and and things like that so that's where the extra rules are are focused for Ad Astra
0: Nice. All right. What's your kind of guide stick for making sure you're you're not making the game too crunchy? Like when you're, you, of course, with space, you need to have rules for zero gravity and maybe ship to ship type combat and things like that. But uh, how do you to how do you make sure you don't uh, add too much to it to overcomplicate things as a designer? Yeah.
1: It is a very good question. And that's actually one thing we did grapple with a a lot when designing at Astra. And and actually, I think one of the reasons it took so long to complete it, it, because that was a question we never quite got past. Well, we did eventually, but it took a long time. Yeah, Because, of course, when getting into uh, space and sci-fi, that kind of science fiction, you could either go like the complete space opera, fa- space fantasy route and not really care and just, you know, or you can actually try to do something that has some kind of scientific basis. And then it gets very complicated, but it can also be fun. Mm-hmm. And since even though you have immune in, in Astra, there was always going to be like, you know, talking, walking cats and dogs in space since you had the Immunate Animals. So it had kind of a humorous tone to it in a sense. But it's also science fiction set only in our own solar system. Uh, So uh, that meant we don't need to actually worry about faster than light travel or anything like that. We can actually keep things a bit more grounded in terms of the sci-fi and the science for that. So we did actually develop some pretty complex systems and fairly realistic systems for uh, space travel, you know, how how would it actually work to travel between the planets uh, of the solar system? Because there's, you know, there's you know trajectories of the planets taken into account, you know, mm. all of that. Uh, we did in the end. There is still some of that, but we did boil it down a bit because we felt in the end that Mutant Year Zero is not about you know that level of scientific simulation that can be cool but there's not really what this game is about this is you know more a game about exploring uh, the post-apocalyptic world and in this case the post-apocalyptic apocalyptic solar system and what's been happening there and discovering that and so we did, I think, in the end, find a pretty good balance between still retaining, you know, some f- feel a sense of of, of groundedness mm-hmm. in the terms of the science. You do have to keep track of, you know, air supply, energy, fuel. There's there is definitely, and, and space travel takes a long time. Even though you're just going from like you know Mars to the asteroid field, it still takes you know days and weeks. So there is there, but. A balance between that and still having it to be a mutant game, which is, is not bogged down by rules. Right. So uh,
0: so is there vehicle-to-vehicle combat, or is it more of a you have to kind of, like, uh, come together and, and it's more of a personal thing?
1: Um, there is uh, space uh, combat, like, between... Uh, space vessels uh mm. that can happen even though i don't it's not it's not like star wars it's not gonna right be like yeah, a yeah. Huge space battle. It's not really, it's yeah. much more low key than that but but yeah there can be conflicts between uh spacecraft
0: yeah i, I I've, I've having played uh, quite a few space games over the years it's that seems to be the toughest one to make uh, fun for everyone at the table yeah um I feel like everyone's more engaged when that when every character has uh something that they feel uh you know uh, cool to do uh which yeah. is usually just you know hitting something with a with a heavy stick mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so, <laughs> so it's
1: definitely yeah I agree I mean we did grapple with that I mean we have a space combat system in Coriolis we have it in alien
2: mm-hmm. and
1: we tried a bit of a different approach in each of those uh uh you know and I think it you know, it, it generally it works, but it's definitely a big challenge to get uh, you know everyone engaged and make it a fun role playing experience in yep. space combat. So for mm-hmm. Adastra, space combat is not really the focus of what you will be hey. doing. And that's not kind of the core. It's not. It's not a key thing. It's more what you do when you arrive rather than you know fighting space battles uh, between spaceships. I think that that suits me a little better. But yeah, oh,
2: yeah. well, I was say in... um. So there's the Ark, there's this underwater city. Is there a starting point in Ad Astra? Is there... Yeah. Where will the players kind of set out from?
1: It sets out in a a space station uh, above the Earth. So you kind of start close to the Earth, but it's a space station that has been kind of been up there for a while, but it's crumbling and falling apart and actually its orbit is decaying. So it's, Mm. it's starting to... You know, burn up from the bottom up because it's starting to kind of enter the atmosphere. So it's kind of a very volatile situation where where you start the game. You can start either as uh, a guest from Earth. If you're, you can you can play with the same characters. You from you Year zero that for some reason that I won't get into. But you can actually travel up to the space station, uh, or you can create new characters that have lived there. That they are from that space station. But really, that it starts in a fairly uh, unstable situation. And, and the, the starting point for the, for the campaign is really, you have to do something about this, uh, situation. Otherwise this, uh, big space station that's been up there for a century or, or two will, will fall out of the sky. So it's, that's kind of the starting point.
0: Yeah, that seems like a, a kind of a fun call to action. You can really put like a, uh, 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 I, as a when a GM, I like putting some pressure on the players and, and yeah. giving them a uh, like a, a time limit <laughs> on uh, what they need to do. I think can can uh, uh, up the uh, up the action and, and make them make decisions a little bit uh, faster and maybe a little bit uh, more recklessly than they would normally yeah. do. So that that can be fun. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So right now you can order uh, pre order the book. And when do you think it'll be? Uh, you'll, you'll be done editing
1: and ready to to send to the publisher. Um, I mean, it's planned for a release in late January, I believe. Okay. I'm lying. I think so. <laughs> so it's being printed right now. It's uh. Oh, okay. Yeah. We haven't received any copy here at the office yet, but it, hopefully, it shouldn't take that long. And as soon as we get it out into the warehouses, we'll send it out to everyone who pre-ordered, and then it will go into general release like late January. So I think the plan is to send it out to everyone who pre-ordered during January so that you should have it before that kind of retail release. That's that's the plan. But most likely, maybe someone will get it before the end of the year, but I think most pre-orders will go out in January. Okay. Are are you doing
2: the, um, so like I know uh, like urban operations, I got the, I pre-ordered, I got the PDF and then I got the physical copy. Are you doing something similar with Ad Astra?
1: Yeah, it's kind of the standard now for us. Uh, Almost all pre-orders, we do that. We don't launch the pre-order until the PDF is ready to be released. So basically when we launch the pre-order, the PDF is done and you can, you get it right away. And that's also a great way to get some final feedback and if we missed something some typos or something before we go to print so we try to allow a couple of weeks between sending out the PDFs and going going to print and that we did that in this case as well and we got some some good feedback so now we mm. that's all kind of uh, implemented and the book is being printed
2: great. awesome um, and I just maybe side just to, I mean cut this but um VTT. Type support mm-hmm. that seems to be like the hand in hand with a lot of stuff that's coming out is there current vtt support for the mutant year zero products and and to include for ad astra Will that be coming or
1: yeah or? i think so i don't quite remember i th- i think the core book is available at least on foundry mm-hmm. i believe yeah yeah uh, it's yes it's definitely and maybe some of the others as well uh i i have to kind of double check what's actually done what's already yeah yeah no it's that's right i think all of the core books are actually already on foundry mechatron is on foundry Mm -hmm. general alpha is on foundry elysium is on foundry and yeah the mirror zero is on foundry as well so all of those four books are on foundry only i don't think they're on the other platforms just yet but at least they're on foundry and I think we're doing Ad Astra on Foundry as well, possibly even the other platforms. But uh, I definitely, as far as I know, it's being worked on a Foundry uh, module for Ad Astra also. I believe so.
0: Okay. All right.
1: So So uh, I do want to
0: touch on uh you've got a lot of other, other things going on i do want to touch on that but are there any kind of closing comments you want to say about ad Astra before we switch switch gears
1: uh i don't know i think for us it's great to finally do it finally yeah. finish this uh book well that would be we also have been looking forward to for a really long time and it's also great to actually do something new for mutant Gear zero because that it's been a while Beyond that, I mean, the, the last one we did before this one was the one I mentioned, The Great Death. And I think that was three years ago. So it's been mm-hmm. far too long without any new New Year Zero books. Uh, we are doing the Zone Wars uh, miniatures game that is set oh, okay. in the New Year Zero universe. So that is that is also happening. But that's that's a little bit of a separate thing, even though it continues the story. And, and it can, it really ties into the RPG. But it's uh, a minis game. Hmm. That's fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, Great so uh you've got uh, other products coming out i already mentioned the kind of the, the dragon bane uh, bestiary which you can pre-order now um i know there's uh been some uh talk about a, another uh like a, a campaign book for
1: it uh does yeah. that does that have a name or that you can yeah we have a bunch of things planned but i think the one that we kind of semi-announced we had a little convention here a local one where we unveil the cover, we—I don't think we have really, but it, it, you know, made any official announcement quite yet. But that is a campaign expansion. It's also actually for Dragonbane. We'll do completely new material, but we're also doing some remakes of some cool older stuff that we're uh, revamping, re—we're uh, updating it. So this is actually a campaign that that is called Path of Glory that came in three parts in 85 and 86 three there were three adventures and 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 we're compiling it into one book and but we're also developing it further so it's not not just that old adventure again in the same form but it's it's really a completely new product but it's still based on that classic campaign it's one of the it's like the first actual campaign that was uh, released for Dragon Bane or Dr. Mourner back in the 80s. So it's like the original Dr. Mourner campaign, oh, okay. the original Dragon Bane campaign that we're doing a new version of. But it's, we're reworking the text together with the original author, which is a lot of fun. Uh, but th- then we're also adding like new art, new maps. So it's, it's going to be a completely new product, but it's still based on that same story from the original.
0: That's fun. Uh, and, and you've got uh, Walking Dead, another huge IP. Yep. <laughs>
1: that's gonna, Yeah, that's cool. We just got I have, you know, we got the uh, we got some boxed sets to the office just the other oh, day. Wow. That's, that's really cool. They're looking great. So I'm really looking forward to having everybody getting that. Uh, I think it's arriving in, a, in within a week or something to the warehouses and then it should go out of backers wow. during November.
0: Beautiful. And uh One Ring. You've got yeah. use a new supplement for that.
1: Yeah, uh, Tales from the Lone Lands is a campaign book with six adventures for the One Ring, uh, set in Eriador. and uh, and it's a lot of fun. We play tested it in the spring here, uh, and that we just had so much fun. It's just an amazing. I think Gareth Hanrahan, who's doing the writing, he's got mm-hmm. such a perfect tone for for Tolkien, and and it's just uh, yeah uh it's 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 such a great game and uh it's uh yeah that book is coming out also in november we're running pre orders now and it's it's uh i have it somewhere else. anyway <laughs> i can't see it right you got a few well, things there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh
0: and, and i think the last one i wanted to bring up also was just in time for for our uh, halloween here as uh, the new uh, Vasen uh expansion yeah what definitely. Was that was was that one called again
1: it's called the La- uh, the Lost Mountain Saga, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that is uh, a really really cool book. It's the first campaign book that we've done for Veison, which is which is more of a a longer story arc of interconnected adventures or mysteries as they are called. Previously, we're mainly done standalone mysteries, which because the game was kind of built for this kind of episodic storytelling kind yeah. of. A, uh, but in this one, we finally get to tell a longer story. So it has five mysteries that tie together into a longer story arc, oh, and that cool. kind of allows us to tell a more epic story. And it's written by uh, Eleanor De Lorenzo, who who actually based this on a podcast. She did a podcast for Weizen, uh, you know, completely independently from us. That that was really did really well, and we thought it was fantastic uh, mm-hmm. and and so we you know we contacted her and uh, she turned her podcast of live play podcast into a book so oh, wow. uh, that we worked that's with awesome. her on so uh yeah we're really happy about that that's coming out now like on 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 halloween uh night so uh, next week tuesday uh october 31st it's yeah. officially released beautiful yeah
0: uh, again, I, I really appreciate you uh, spending some more time with us. It's always uh, great to talk to you and, and get a little insight into the, the sure. mind of, a, uh, you know, a designer and someone who runs a, a, a TTRPG company that we have a lot of respect for and we enjoy your game. So so thanks Thank again, you. Thomas, for, for
2: coming and chatting with us. Thank uh, you. Matt, Matt, do you have any... Uh, Oh, I don't I don't know, think- thanks for spending time with us. No, I appreciate it. I'm very jealous because I did get to play Dragon Bane at Gen Con and thoroughly enjoyed it. But I'm I'm not able to play with the group. So I kind of like have some Dragon Bane envy going on.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're, right. we're, we're going to try and get get him back, back involved because uh, uh, it's I need to convert him over uh, to, to this uh, this game so, so
1: yeah cool. we're actually i'm playing dragon bane in uh yeah we're starting in an hour or something we're actually playing play testing that uh, path of glory campaign that i told you about so nice. i'll get my dragon bane fix right you know in all the right well hour. i
0: will clear my calendar and just uh... are <laughs> to hop on a plane <laughs> and he's gonna be <laughs> right <laughs> Well, thanks again, everyone. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you soon and and hopefully have you back on for something uh, new and fun uh, uh, in the near
1: future. Thank you. Absolutely. Great. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye.